You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for your week six. And yes, it goes so darn fast. Your week six pregame show as the Cleveland Browns travel to Pittsburgh for a highly anticipated matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Your pregame show, postgame show, you know the drill. Pete Smith from Sports Illustrated in for the ride along with your host, Jeff Lloyd, as we get you all ready and broken down for everything Sunday, Browns Steelers. Your Locked On Browns pregame show is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is there to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. A little caffeine jolt before you kick it off on 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, prime times, whatever it is. Pepsi is great for that. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to footballwatching.com. Check out the latest. Football watching content from Pepsi. Like I said, Browns headed to Pittsburgh Sunday to face the Steelers. Um, Great time for a big test here, uh, a divisional test. Um, The Baltimore game week one, probably the Browns weren't as right as they wanted to be. Team looking a little more crisp here. Big game this week. You know how we do this here. Uh, We'll go Browns offense versus the Steelers defense. Flip it up in segment two, Browns defense versus Steelers offense. Then some overall game thoughts and how we figure maybe it will play out on Sunday. Pete, for the Browns office, obviously everything's been clicking um, in almost every phase. Um, You know, Baker Mayfield every now and then just, you know, a, a, a throw that doesn't work out. And for everybody with the Baker Mayfield talk, you know, throughout the weeks, look, it's always the most magnified position and, one inopportune throw, one bad throw can change the outlook of a quarterback's day. Um, but Pete, it's we're headed here. Um, and again, similar to Indianapolis, you know, uh, Browns solid so far on the offensive line. Pittsburgh brings a great front uh, linebackers who can play the uh, secondary for Pittsburgh. Certainly has some question marks as the overall, you know, depth and strength of the position here. But here we are, um, week six. Um, it's it's a big test, obviously, going you know down to Pittsburgh for this game, and you're going to need to kind of be clicking on all cylinders on offense. You know, again, it has the makings, and maybe games aren't really old school anymore, where it's sixteen, thirteen. Maybe it's more of you know similar last week, you know, thirty mid twenties, where defenses can still somewhat play well. Offenses are going to do their thing. But this is a big one, Pete. And, you know, for the Browns, they want the AFC North to believe that this time it's real, this current Cleveland Browns product. Uh, So when it comes to Baker Mayfield, I would say he's passed uh, every test the last four weeks. He just hasn't aced a test in the last four weeks. And I think um we're waiting for him to sort of do that and obviously if, you know against the steelers that you know that it's one of those there's there's no better time than this week um 
you know, there's, it, it's certainly more pressure. Uh, I think the Steelers are going to try to take away the Browns running game. I, you know, I think that's, that is the blueprint uh, for now. Uh, the teams are going to take away the running game as much as they can. And then, you know, basically challenge Baker Mayfield to beat them. And he is doing enough to where they're four and one, but, you know, he, he has made enough mistakes where, you know, what, what Pittsburgh believes they are a great team um, that, that the mistakes he has made are enough where they can win. So that's where I'm at with him. Again, when I look at quarterback, in my experience with evaluating it and 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 dealing with it with kids, um, it's never not really an incremental improvement. It's sort of a leaps and bounds deal. Um, you just never know. Like it can be sort of stagnant for a while, and then all of it, like it doesn't seem like it's going to get better, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's sort of a breakthrough moment. So that's you know Mayfield has largely been pretty steady. Uh, obviously, had he got pretty hot at points with the Colts, but he's still, you know, he's been more critical of himself than anybody. Uh, and he's not wrong. I don't know if it's, I, I, I guess he, you, you can say it's the worst performance just because of the stuff he missed was pretty bad uh, for him. And there were opportunities where he could have capitalized. So, um, you know, this would be a great week for him to ace the test offensive line against their defensive line, you know, Talking about Washington, that was the matchup. But with Washington, the Browns had enough talent everywhere else where they could sort of make it up and they'd still, you know, have the overwhelming edge. Whereas with this one, um, first, the Steelers are better than Washington up front. They have, I don't think there's any question to me anyway that they're the best defensive line in the league. Uh, and it's not because of Bud Dupree. Um, he's the worst one. I still think he's sort of the George Edwards to uh, the Williams wall and Jared Allen. Uh, but the problem you run into is Tyson Alu-Alu, who's played half as many snaps as anybody else on that defensive front, he's really, really good. And he was he's always been like pretty good. He was always a really good depth guy. But he's playing at a really high level. Like he's sort of – right now anyway, he's sort of having that Wyatt Teller sort of jump for them, which – you know, it doesn't help. Uh, but if the offensive line of the Browns doesn't sort of win or stalemate or however you want to phrase that, they will lose because the Steelers are good enough where they can they can take control of the game. Um, I think their defense largely functions as a unit, but the individual pieces, parts that aren't that defensive line are not good. And I poked fun at him last year, uh, Devin Bush, because the ball kept bouncing right freaking to him. And this year the ball has not bounced right freaking to him. And he's not very good. He's very athletic. He flies around, but he hasn't been very good thus far. Uh, and I think he's sort of vulnerable. Vince Williams um, looks good because he has a couple sacks and he looks good blitzing, but he stinks uh, this year. He just does. Uh, Joe Hayden is playing awful for him. Uh, Steven Nelson is pretty good. Uh, and, and and much like uh, Devin Bush, Mika Fitzpatrick has not recorded a stat other than a tackle this season, which is really surprising to me. Uh, like he hasn't gotten a pass deflection, let alone interceptions or any of that stuff. Now, I don't think you can take him for granted because clearly he's shown capable. 
where he was, you know, in the conversation for people were making a case that he was a defensive player of the year. They was sort of like this revelation for the Steelers last year through the four games they've played nothing. So if the Browns can control up front, they're really vulnerable on the back end. And I think they can pick them apart because the Browns are simply better uh, skill wise uh, than the Steelers defenders. Like, they don't. Uh, if you just sort of match them up, they don't have an answer for. I mean, you could say Devin Bush is going to cover Austin Hooper, and athletically he does fine. But Noah Fant tore them apart in that matchup. Uh, uh, Austin Hooper is maybe not quite as fast as Noah Fant, but he's certainly smarter and has that veteran savvy. But then you More look at you go in advance in his route. Who the hell is going to cover Harrison Bryant or? Uh, David Njoku if those guys are in the game uh, and the answer is nobody you know that's becomes a problem uh, we laughed about this last year and it sort of bit us because it just didn't happen but who's covering Odell Beckham right now and it's nobody I mean they may have to help over the top they may have to do some bracketing to try to help him but if they devote extra resources to try to stop Odell Beckham then they're going to get exposed everywhere else. And the other thing I sort of look at in this is Kareem Hunt. And while Nick Chubb is just a better runner for this particular game, I think Kareem Hunt's receiving ability can be really, really problematic because if they're having to cover him out of the backfield, it may mean they're not covering somebody else out of the backfield. So there's a lot of things that work out for the Browns in this matchup. But it all depends on being able to get that front to hold up against uh, the the Steelers' defensive line. And on a straight up level, you know they they have the people to do it. Um, you know Jack Conklin was signed in no small part because of the existence of Watt. Uh, if Bo Dupree is sort of living there at right end, he can do a lot of things, but he's not playing that well. And Jedrick Wills, I think, is up to it. Like, he has to do it. He has to be consistent. And then, you know, Batonio and J.C. Treader are well-experienced in this sort of matchup with these guys. Stefan Tuitt and Cam Hayward are incredible, but it's not like it's new for them. They're great players. They have to have their A game to win. Uh, Obviously, Chris Hubbard, I I know what the numbers say. Uh, I still – it still scares me that he's got to, you know, match up against – theoretically guys like Stefan to it. Uh, but, you know, they have the horsepower to sort of do it. Uh, it it's interesting from many levels and, you know, watching, you know, uh, Pete, I know you watched it last year, last week, I watched it, you know, uh, Philadelphia playing Pittsburgh and you thought for a while, Oh wow. You know, maybe this is, and then you see Philadelphia, you know, mount a rally with, without the firepower that the Browns offense has. Um, and, you know, Miles Sanders, you know, most of it was on one run. Um, but you look at it and it's like, and it's weird to just say, it's like, oh, well, the Browns got better players at these positions. Um, so, you know, maybe it should work out, but it's it's not like tell, talking yourself into it. It's not like a false positive. It's just a fact. It, it, there's just no way around it. Um, it's going to look, you know, and that's where maybe also your positive as well is the engine to all of this to this point has been the offensive line. It's allowed uh, the offense to do what they can do. Um, and we did joke about it a little bit somewhat last year, Pete, but that first deep ball last year on Thursday Night Football to Odell Beckham set the tone and which, you know, turned out to be a Browns victory before it got turned into the worst nine, 11 seconds, whatever it was. 
of Cleveland Browns football as far as the 2019 season and probably, you know, one of the worst moments, you know, probably for the past couple of seasons <clears throat> for the Browns. Um, but look, you know, there's no time like now. Um, you've ripped off four in a row. Everybody in that building from the players to the top in the front office feeling good about the product. Now is the time to go, you know, basically max out, you know, put a little bit extra weight on the bar, see where you're actually at. And we're going to see it here, you know, from this offensive side of the ball. And there's you know, still some parts of Pittsburgh that's not all there. I agree with you, Pete. This offensive, their defensive front is ridiculous. Um, and, you know, for Chris Hubbard, you know, whether it's an advantage for him because maybe he knows these players or maybe it's an advantage for Pittsburgh because these guys know Chris Hubbard. We're certainly going to see how that story will tell. And it's certainly going to be one of the key storylines. But, you know, Odell, uh, you know, Kareem, uh, you know, running out of the backfield, choice routes, you know, out routes that could turn into Texas routes, those type of things. It's, you know, a lot of that's going to be the key. And another one is, and Coach Stefanski brought it up about the play calling, is you got to keep Baker hot. You can't just go to this point where you're going eight, nine, ten plays or just running the ball. Baker is a, a volume guy, and he just performs so well when it's just the constant flow, you know, the constant energy. And we'll see how this plays out because it's, it's going to be interesting from this side of the ball come Sunday. We're going to flip it up here. We'll go Browns D <clears throat> versus the Pittsburgh O as we continue on your Locked On Browns pregame show. Jeff Lloyd and Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith continuing. Break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go Every Day. Easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever or put it in your pocket to get it through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus it's natural. So it's just better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and of course, chocolate mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Built Go then kicks to keep me going strong. B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily percentages of those. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Go to BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED, all caps, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Now, Pete, the defensive side of the ball, I think one of the things that looks promising for this week is the Browns look as far as the defensive line is, it looks like it's going to be all hands on deck, which you're going to need. And look, you know, the one thing, Ben, look, he never was really that nimble, more of big can shake guys off. But the more you can get after this big tree, the chance is that the tree falls. You look at the running game. It's really nothing special. John Connor is... A nice blend back in that he can receive and he can run the ball. But I wouldn't say he's either one of those are going to keep you up at night. You know, after that, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland, uh, the tight end group. Eric Ebron was a nice addition. And this is the type of tight end that plays well with Ben Roethlisberger as he just kind of hangs and maneuvers, you know, between the hashes or to the out. Every now and then can bust, you know, the diagonal flag route on you, those type of things. 
And then you get to this wide receiving core. And this is where it's interesting, Pete, because they're all kind of different animals at the wide receiving core. All are dangerous. And I remember we talked with Mark Sessler the other day. Um, Chase Claypool, Pete, who you loved, obviously, with the, you know, the ultra-athletic profile. Maybe it's better that Chase Claypool got his get-off last week. So you're not basically lying in the weeds on Chase Claypool this week from you know the Browns' perspective on defense. We'll see how it shakes out in the secondary. I know everybody's hoping Ronnie Harrison can make it uh, with the concussion. Look, all I can tell you is Jarvis Landry last year in week five was out with a concussion up until Friday, then was cleared, took the flight to San Francisco. Granted, that didn't work out as far as the game was concerned. Uh, but fingers crossed you would certainly like to have Ronnie Harrison for this game. Uh, but Pete, you know, this whole defensive line, and it really looks like, um, as you mentioned on the post game show, when David DeCastro got hurt on Sunday, that he's not going to be a part of this. Um, you hate to do this week in, week out and say, oh, well, the defensive line can go and do this. Um, but it could present the opportunity, you know, where the Steelers are going to be without most likely minimum two starters from their week one offensive line. The opportunity there does present itself again. So defensive line, um, I think everybody's going to be available. I don't know what condition they're all in. Um, you know, if, I, I mean, I can't imagine Larry Ogunjobi's going to be 100%. Uh, I don't know what Sheldon Richardson's situation is. Uh, you know, Vernon and Claiborne, you know, you don't know. Uh, Jordan Elliott, it, I think he's fine. Um, but they're – you know, some of this you can go, well, it's the NFL season. This is just how it goes. And the flip side of this is the Steelers. DeCastro has a new injury. Uh, he had, uh, I think, a knee before, and now he's got an abdominal issue. Uh, if he can't go, he's clearly the best of their bunch. But Marquise Pouncey is also dealing with a foot. And while I think he's horribly overrated and is going to end up probably being the freaking Hall of Fame, which is going to drive me insane because he's not that good. Uh, <laughs> He is there, you know, he's the guy that makes all the calls and stuff like that. So, you know, if those guys are compromised or can't play, that's a big deal. Um, and that changes the game. Uh, here's the thing. Alejandro Villanueva has never blocked Miles Garrett. I'm waiting, you know, someday maybe he will. I don't think it's going to happen. But what that means is you, uh, as opposed to in the past couple of weeks where Miles Garrett was over, Whatever Dallas put out there at right tackle, or he was largely against the Raven Clark uh, against the Colts, this gives him a two-way go. Um, you know, at least, you know, on paper, Alejandro Villanueva is a good pass blocker, but like I said, he's never blocked Miles Garrett. Uh, Miles Garrett has dominated him over and over and over. But the technical weakness of the front would be Chukwuma Okorafor, a right tackle. So if if the Browns decide that, well, Miles Garrett is really good against Alejandro Villanueva, we're just going to leave him here. What it does, what it could mean is that you have either Olivier Vernon uh, or Porter Gustin, because it won't be Adrian Claiborne. He only plays on the right. Uh, potentially going against what is a somewhat compromised right, right uh, defense's left, offense's right side, potentially giving them a two-way go. And I think – as much as you know, you're hoping that Garrett's streak of dominance continues both against the Steelers and against the league in general. I think they need more than that. And while I think Ben Roethlisberger has slowly devolved from whale into manatee, 
you still have <laughs> to you still have to put hits on him. You still have to force him into making uh, either checkdowns or forced throws. He's a guy who who uh, if, if he doesn't see what he wants, he will get out of plays. Uh, and, and those become opportunities to, you know, end drives or put them behind the sticks or whatever. But I just think you have to create that environment. The other thing with their offensive tackles is neither of one, neither of them can run block for anything. And really, their whole offensive front isn't particularly good at run blocking. Again, that is where DeCastro is really good. That's why Ben Roethlisberger calls him basically the heart and soul of that unit because anything they run is largely behind him in some form or fashion. And he's smart uh, so, enough, physical enough, athletic enough to actually get his initial block and find his way to a second level, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, like, that becomes an opportunity where you can try to really force uh, them into being a, a largely pass-happy team, and they're not uncomfortable in that situation, but their, their running game is largely created by their passing game. And they do a lot of things like screens uh, to sort of supplement that. The other thing they do really well, which is sort of like opens up the whole thing, is they run drags really well. And it's incredibly frustrating how they can do it because they have so many weapons. It's, it's, you know, it's the same deal as the Browns going against the Steelers. Like, uh, you know, Denzel Ward and, and Kevin Johnson are both really good cover corners, but you know, by and large, you're sort of looking at this group and you're going, you know, for the most part, the Steelers have a lot of advantage here. They've got, not, again, just like the Browns, they've got a ton of different body types that they can throw at you, whether it's tight ends, whether it's receivers. And then you've got this Chase Claypool, you know, sort of X factor and that you don't really have anybody uh, that can cover him uh, naturally. Uh, I do think... I, I do find it interesting that the Browns activated Robert Jackson. Uh, obviously, he's a really good special teams player. I'm very curious to see if the Browns are willing to put him out there against Claypool. He's clearly the biggest corner on the team. He's 6'2", a little over 200 pounds, and he can run fast in a straight line. Um, and that's really their best size size matchup for that. Uh, I'm curious if they, if they implemented that at some point. I, you know, I don't know if they trust him enough. I don't know if they're scared of Claypool enough. But obviously this goes back to my thing of draft all the super athletic, productive, 240-pound, four guys who can do whatever because you just can't defend them. And Claypool's sort of proving that. However, that drag combo they keep running, they mix it up with clear-out options. So they try to obviously get guys out of the way so the drags can be effective. The flip side of that is they're also running deep concepts through that. So while they're clearing out, they're also sneaking guys out and they keep finding guys wide open down the field. Obviously Claypool has been the major one, but it just puts more pressure on your defense to cover a lot of ground. And Ben Roethlisberger's arm is not an issue. He can get it wherever he wants. Um, the, the thing with Ben Roethlisberger though, is his stats look really, really good, but there are times where that offense will just uh, struggle and he will just be wildly inconsistent. The the issue is, and this is a really bad recipe for the Browns, is the Steelers right now are a huge threat to go one play score. Uh, Claypool has been a guy that's done that, uh, but whether it's Juju Smith Schuster or some of these other guys, even James like Washington, they, are, they had their issues with last year. Deontay Johnson, yeah, I mean, is a son of a gun. 
Yeah, I mean they're just they're they're just they have so many guys that they are always a threat to be a one place score offense. So they can they can suck for the better part of a quarter, and you get one bad you know one bad coverage breakdown, which unfortunately is not uncommon for this defense, and they're scoring seven points. All that hard work feels like you know wasted because you gave up one big play. So there's a lot, you know, both sides of the ball really look the same way. You know, whoever wins the the matchup up front is probably going to dictate a lot. And the Steelers' quick passing game, not unlike uh, Dak Prescott and Phillip Rivers when when it was working, um, becomes a problem. And if the Browns can't sort of tackle receivers with the ball well and cover receivers without getting uh, breakdowns, then they're in danger of really giving up a ton of points. And that's sort of where this game could go wide open for both teams and you could see a huge scoring affair uh, as much as this sort of sets itself up to p- potentially be a lower scoring affair just because the defensive lines are so much better than the uh, better than everything else. But there's just, there's a lot of reason to sort of be nervous with this defense. Obviously Ronnie Harrison may be a, you know, a last minute deal. Uh, Carl Joseph looks like he might be out. So you're going to have Sheldrick Redwine potentially playing strong in that scenario. And that doesn't scare me nearly as much as it seems to a lot of other people because this is largely going to be a coverage game anyway. So if that's the case, I have no problem with, with him being out there. Obviously, I'm still worried about linebackers, although to be clear, Malcolm Smith is the best linebacker on the field in this game. That's how bad the Steelers are. That's how bad the Browns are. Malcolm Smith is way better than everybody else right right now playing this year, which is a sad commentary on both teams on that front. So that's sort of where this is at. Which defense, assuming uh, the the offense can contain the pass rush, which which defense can do enough to slow down the other other team's passing game? And unfortunately, again, I'm hoping you know this is sort of the breakout performance. Right now, you have to give that edge to Roethlisberger over Mayfield. But, you know, like I said, I, I think I think there's the opportunity for Mayfield to break out. I also think Kevin Stefanski is really, really good at what he's doing, uh, and I'm not as confident in the Steelers' play calling. But, again, their offense is very specific in what it's trying to do, and it has been effective enough that they can get those one-play scores, which the Browns, to this point, have not been able to do. And part of the issue for the Browns' defense is – um, look, if you're defending the Browns, it's, you know, there's Odell and, and granted, you know, they have names, but I mean, you're going after it um, for Pittsburgh. It, you don't truly know what's going to come. Um, it could be Deontay Johnson. Last week it was Chase Claypool, uh, you know, Juju, uh, James Washington has been a you know pain in the butt for the Browns at times. Eric Ebron. Um, I, I think, you know, you're not really too concerned about the running attack, but anytime, you know, Pittsburgh lines up and if it's four wide receivers in a tight end, it's really tough to basically say, you know, who's the one we're trying to eliminate here, because if you make situations easier for any one of those targets, like you said, uh, they every one of them is proven in somehow, some way, whether it's going vertical or it's taking a pass and, you know, creating a lot of yak, that they could be pains in the butts themselves. And this is different from years past where it was an Antonio Brown, uh, Le'Veon Bell and Ben Roethlisberger offense. There's a lot more variety, a lot more flavor to it now, which makes it a lot more difficult, obviously, to scheme against and most certainly to defend. We're going to get to hear some final thoughts here on the game, you know, as far as, you know, what might need to happen 
for a Cleveland win, what may happen for a Cleveland loss as we continue with your pregame. Locked on Browns, week six. Can't believe we're already to this point already. But again, the NFL season always does fly by. Whether it's iTunes, whether it's Spotify, drop a five-star rating, drop a written review for Locked on Browns. Uh, please let us know what a great job we're doing here as we're trying to put out the greatest content we can for you guys out. Make sure you are checking out everything on Browns Digest on si.com. Pete, the last couple of weeks, and you know, I felt pretty good about things. This one, look, with Pittsburgh, it's always different because there is that stigma of, and I, I go back to what you've been using for a couple of years now of, you know, you, you can't just beat them. You need to literally treat it like a vampire and drive the wooden stake through the heart and soul and let them know that, look, we are no longer going to be treated like we've been treated in the past. This time is different. And I, I probably still gives me the trepidation uh, headed towards this matchup Sunday. Maybe I'd feel better if it was in Cleveland, but again, not really crowds involved. So it's not like it makes all that much of a difference here. But Pete, we fire this puppy up, say somewhere around 415, 430 on Sunday. The Cleveland Browns will have beaten the Pittsburgh Steelers because of blank. Well, in this case, it's Baker Mayfield. It, like, I can't see a scenario uh, where he doesn't play well and they win. It doesn't mean he has to be, he doesn't have to go out there and throw for 350 and five touchdowns. I'm not against it, uh, but I just 24 don't. 24 for 30, 265, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. That might be enough to get it done if everything else clicks the way it should. I don't even know if it has to be that good, but the thing they can't do is turn the ball over. Like, <laughs> You know, the, the, like last against the Colts, like they got 20 points before the half and everybody's feeling good as they should, but they had opportunities they missed. And, and, and Baker Mayfield has been the loudest to say this, you know, but, but with this criticism saying, I have to be better there, you know, I have to, uh, you know, get, I have to get seven points before the half, like that type of stuff. I, I just, you know, they, they, they have to be able to take, more advantage of those things because there's going to be something that goes wrong at some point in the game. There's going to be a turnover. There's going to be an issue uh, where it's like, you know, the last week it was, there was a, the kick return touchdown. There was an interception right after that. And, you know, if I, I don't envision a scenario where the Browns are, are way up uh, and they have the, the room for error to do that. They have to be able to, absorb sort of a mistake and move right past it and keep putting the pressure on. Like they can't let it become a wave like it has been. Obviously the situation has been a little unique because they've been protecting leads, which is, you know, great problem to have that, you know, you have to protect a 27 point lead or you have to protect uh, mm -hmm. a 17 point lead as the case may be. But nevertheless, like they have to find that, thing in them where they can keep up that intensity that level of focus and that uh you know that level of execution like where you know we're not talking about weird drops or bad reads or stupid interception or, or any of that stuff uh you know there may be a pick there may be a fumble there may be something but I, again i just think that baker mayfield has to play well 
And that's not to say I, – I actually think the Browns can run the ball against this team. Uh, they haven't really been challenged too much because they've been in a similar situation. They're one of the better run defenses in the league. But I think a lot of that is due to the fact that of the score uh, that they have been up a lot and teams have had to throw their back in, including like the Giants – uh, and last week against Even the still, Eagles. I mean, they played the Giants, the Eagles, the Texans. None of those teams really have anything clicking right now. It'll be certainly different from yeah. that aspect because the Browns have been able to show the ability to run the ball this entire point. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the thing is, like, the Steelers are in the same boat. Like, they can't afford to have that lull. They can't afford to have just, like, a quarter or a quarter and a half of nothing on offense, which is exactly what they've been dealing with. And sort of like yep. not playing well and then sort of taking control. Last week was different. Last week, you know, they had a lead and they started playing a bunch of quarters coverage and it allowed Philadelphia to to let uh Travis Fulgham, the pride of the you know, the pride of old Dominion freaking go off. But they've been more of a struggle, 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 then take over in the second half type team. So there's two you know, there's two sort of Opposing forces going on this. The Browns have been really good in the first half, and the Steelers have been really sluggish. And if that's how it goes, the Browns are going to win going away. Uh, but I think there's, you know, there's obviously more into this game. It's bigger for everybody. So I, again, I, I just have to. They're going to try to make Baker Mayfield beat them, and he's been up to the task at this point. And maybe that's all it it, it takes. He can continue playing to that level, but I, I really think he has to play well uh, for them to to get a W. And it would be obviously big for him, big for this team, big for you know everybody if he can come through and 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 do that. Because you know, as good as this offense is, you know, he's sort of the governor in this situation where you know they they can go to this point, and if he can, you know, he's limiting them to a certain extent. They're not bad. They're they're quite good. But if he can take that next step, suddenly they become, you know, a dominant offense and you you can really start putting up the points and being, you know, talking about teams like what Dallas was before Dak got hurt, what, you know, some of these great offenses have been where they're just going up and down the field. Like that's sort of the, the, the piece that just is waiting to sort of really get into place. And it's more difficult because it's quarterback. It's more difficult because it's a new offense, but you know, there are certain things that you just want to see him sort of, take that next step and really, you know, show, you know, sees that he's the dude and, and, and that he's ready for it. And I think Kevin Stefanski has been somewhat, uh, you know, deliberate in his, his process with him to, uh, to sort of get him going. But this, you know, we're just waiting for that big breakout performance. And, and in the first half of the Colts, you know, save for a couple, couple missed throws that was, that was there. Now it needs to happen where he doesn't have those missed throws and he's just clicking the whole way. I don't think it's inappropriate to even ask for it at this point. Um, you know, and, you know, look, I mean, everybody in the NFL has been through this. Uh, they're all going through it at the same time. Yes, teams with new systems and new coaching staffs obviously are a little bit of a disadvantage here, um, but it's not really hindered other parts of the Cleveland Browns to this point. Um, and when you get two games like this, and of course, you know, Jedrick Wills, Jack Conklin, going to be key players here. The exact reason that these two, you know, uh, you know one was drafted and one, one was signed in free agency. Um, one of the reasons you tried to upgrade the depth on your defense, maybe health is not going to help you 
in this scenario here as far as the secondary. Um, but this is you know where you're pointing to your quarterback. You're pointing to Odell Beckham Jr. And it's, hey, you know, you you look at the 13, you were the best individual skill talent on this field. Go give me eight for 100. Give me something similar to what went down in Dallas. You look at Baker and it's, look, I mean, you, you've shown we can't make excuses for Baker when he looks bad in, say, new system. And then there's times where he looks red hot. And we say, oh, it's great. Look, we can't, he can't use the excuse, you know, to you know confirm the negative, but affirm the positive. It's just not going to work that way. Um, so this is one. And look, yes, I mean, and you don't want to hear it's Pittsburgh. I mean, this is the third time the young man's played there. He's obviously played the Steelers a ton to this point. Go put together a solid day. Don't turn it over. Um, and and back to simple things, better special teams play. Cody Park here, just kick it in the end zone every stinking time. Maybe 105 yards, not 101 yards. And tackle, 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 fundamentals, ABCs. You want to be great, you got to do the little stuff. And special teams, tackling are part of that. We're going to put a bow on this here. It is week six. It is Steelers week. Cleveland Browns traveling to Pittsburgh, 1 o'clock, Sunday kickoff. Like I said, it's come the time to put maybe a little bit extra weight on the bar and max out a little bit, see exactly where you are. Browns Digest, again, SI.com. Pete and his team over there putting out a great product, as always, day in, day out. The Locked On Browns podcast, uh, again, Spotify, iTunes, five-star ratings, written reviews. The Locked On Browns Twitter account is a follow-back account. DMs are always open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open, ideas for the show, questions. You guys know I do my best to try to respond. As much time as you give to the show, I will try to return it to you all in spades. Looking forward to it. I can't lie. This is, you know, this is a chin test. Um, you know, you, They may take a couple on the chin, but can you deliver a couple of back? And we're going to find out, you know, as it is almost Friday, uh, about a little bit less than, you know, 60 hours or so away. Browns travel to Pittsburgh for a big one. Odell, hopefully nothing more than just, you know, minor bug or something of this sort. And we'll be ready to go on Sunday. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.